Okay, here's my first question. In and out or five guys? I'm going to say five guys, and I will qualify that statement by saying, even though I spent 19 years in California, I need something more than just a burger. You need you need something bigger. You know, if, if in and out, or is it the no, fries? I just, is I it just, the fries? I just that need was variety. You know, oh, at least with five the... guys, I get a burger. I can yeah, get yeah. a hot dog. I get shelled oh, peanuts. Yeah. In and out. Just burger. Yeah, there's not many options. There's no chicken. There's no. Yeah, there's, there's no, no chicken. There's, there's, there's just no options. I there's mean, no... don't get me wrong. In and out is good. Love the shakes. Love me some animal fries mm. and an animal style double double. But when I don't want a burger, I'm up a creek. We'll allow it. We'll okay. allow it. Okay. And the other qualification, I'm from Hawaii. Yeah. So, again, you got no rice. Oh, yeah. But they don't have that at Five Guys, do they? No. Either way, that's, that's a strike against but, both. But, the, yeah, I mean, I, I think the closest Five Guys that I can recall to where I'm at is at least 30 minutes away. Mm. So I'm not really driving out to Five Guys to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's the challenge of being on an island and not having everything <laughs> or just having one location on the entire island kind of deal. Yeah. But also, I'm not searching out for five guys to begin with. So, <laughs> sorry to either one of those camps. Come to Hawaii. I'll take you to some good places to eat that's not five guys. Yeah. Or in and out Yeah. You can still have a hamburger bag. You can. You yeah. can. But if that's what you come to Hawaii for, we can have another conversation. That's fair. Welcome to Season 3 of 10 Questions with 10 Pastors. Brought to you by Gateway Seminary. With your host, Tyler Sanders. This episode was recorded live at the 2023 SPC Annual Meeting. So I'm here with Shane Tanagawa, Senior Pastor of University Avenue Baptist Church in the Manoa Valley, Honolulu, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shane not only got his MDiv from Gateway in 2006, he worked for the school for, well, probably the whole, not, the whole time you're in California? Yeah. Probably so 18, at some, some 18 level, years. right? Yeah. 18 years. And most recently, and probably for the longest amount of time, you were director of student services. Correct. Right? Yeah. For 12. That's great. Yeah. And yeah. now you're back in Hawaii. You're from Hawaii originally. You're back mm -hmm. in Hawaii. You're taking a pastorate. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could go ahead and tell us how you became a Christian. Yeah. So... I like to say that I came to Christ at a foot of a glacier. Hmm. So my dad was in the army. So I grew up as an army brat and we were stationed in West Germany. And the summer of 86, we attended the European Baptist Convention in Interlaken, Switzerland. And at the convention, just like any other convention meeting, there's a children's you know, program and I was there and the speaker that day gave an altar call. And in that moment, the best way I can explain it is that had this warm tingling sensation. And in my mind, I said, I want to know Jesus personally. And this is, this is it. Went forward, gave my life to Christ, uh, was discipled over the summer and that fall was baptized at, at the church we were attending. Wow. So yeah. That's awesome. So you have somewhat left the seminary world and now you're in the, the church world. They're very closely related. Uh, but I was wondering if that changes anything uh, in terms of like what you're reading. What are you reading right now? Yeah, so I just finished reading a book entitled Jesus and Disability. Oh. Uh, Chris Holsoff, I think is how you say his last name. It's a pretty huh. recent book. 
Uh, my oldest son has Down syndrome, and so now being a senior pastor of a church provides me with really a, a distinct opportunity as we're looking at community engagement, uh, what it means to be an integrated or an inclusive church for all people, mm. you know, coming to really understand that for myself in new ways and, and then trying to lead the church in that. So just got done reading that. Uh, you know, in our current economical and fiscal climate, I'm, I'm reading a book right now on uh, ministry and resources, mm. you know, trying to be creative and how sure, we, yeah. we fund ministry and we fund the church and how yeah. we continue God's mission in light of giving being down or people being less uh, open to giving at the levels they were or right. just giving in general. Right. You know, and, and exploring that through... Uh, it's actually written by a Presbyterian collegiate ministry. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And so I just started that book. But, you know, just trying to understand for myself more effective ways, creative ways to be able to lead the church. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't, yeah, I worked on a budget for the seminary, you know, and I oh, sure, oversaw yeah, yeah. student services, but yeah. it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, now I have to motivate people, encourage people, teach people, disciple people. Right, right. How to engage these things, whether yeah. that's, Disability uh, ministries, related ministries, inclusiveness uh, for the church, yeah, and all the associated things like safety and security that comes with all of that. Oh yeah, to yeah. just how do we give money and why do we give money and how to create a vision toward what God has in store for us that people want to give to. Yeah, you know, and, and those kind of things. So it's it's kind of a, a shift, right? And so uh, challenging. Sure. But at the same time, kind of exciting in a lot of ways, yeah. too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about preaching a little bit. Okay. Um, what's your big picture approach? Um, how, do you, how do you look at uh, maybe preparing a series? How far out are you thinking about planning a sermon? What's yeah. the, big, the big idea? Well, in a perfect world, I'd be six months out. Okay. Uh, the best that I've done so far is a quarter out. Okay. You know, and... I'll make this this caveat. I'm in my first, just completing my first year. So yeah. I, I told somebody uh, earlier this morning, I went in the last six years preaching three times to hitting the ground and preaching every Sunday. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's what I think God's designed me to do to some degree. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just not in the total groove of being able to yeah. do all these things. And well, so, you have to build up some inertia, correct. I think. Correct. You know, and I've got a staff. I got to get them yeah. set up and empowered and released to cover some things so I can be freed up. But going back to your question, you know, I think one of the things that seminary taught me um, was theological reflection. Mm. You know, it, we we saw this in um, theological field edu- field education. Oh you yeah, know, like, yeah. Where do you see yourself in scripture? What scripture do you see applied to you to you or that situation that you're talking right. about? And so, you know, when I came into the church, we went through the Book of Joshua mm-hmm. because I felt. This is my first senior pastorate. Um, I've never done this before. This is a legacy church that I'm going to that has a deep history and heart for missions. That's got good bones. Yeah. But they haven't had a leader in the last five years. You know, COVID, they had one during COVID, but it was COVID. But combined total, about a five-year window where they had no senior leadership. And here's a guy that they've brought in me who's never technically led from this position before. Mm. I felt like Joshua. Sure. I've got a, a church body that loves Jesus, that has a heart for missions, that's wants, wanted to do things. How do we get there? What does that look like? And so we preached through Joshua. For me, being new, like Joshua was the new leader yeah. of Israel, taking them into the promised land. Not that 
my church is going to the promised land, but we've got a mission to be obedient and yeah. faithful to God in reclaiming the land that is for that is His. Yeah. And for His people. And so, you know, that's where we started my yeah. tenure as pastor at the church. And, and as we've moved forward, it's kind of thinking about what does the church need? Where is the church at? And going to the scripture, uh, you know, to, to talk about those things. Right now we're going through a series on the I am statements that Jesus made in John. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we need to be reminded who Jesus is, the yeah. centrality of Jesus in our lives and the ministry of the church, the reality of the relationship that he had to his father that we are to have to him. Yeah. And how he did things is the way that we need to do things. And we just needed that reminder. Yeah. And so we, we went through that. And, you know, I wish I could tell you what we're moving into, but part of this time of vacation and being away is I'm supposed to be yeah. working on that. Getting so, on that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and being inspired while I'm here at the convention and yeah. learning new things. and Yeah. Uh, you know, but some things at the church are pretty standard. Yeah. Easter, Christmas, sure. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. all of that. So that helps to fill that out. You know, one of the interesting things that I've heard from my, my congregants is uh, they want to have a series on tithing and offering. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, and so my church, we have about 100 on Sunday morning. Yeah. And it's about a 50-50 split. Yeah. And so what we would call in Hawaii kapuna or um, senior members. Okay. You know, probably 60 and above. Yeah. Um, all harken back to when that's what they heard, you know, in the fall from their pastor. And so. Right. Right. Part of me kind of like rears up because I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want it to be a rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it reminds me like our people need to hear this. Yeah. We need to be reminded there is a difference between a tithe versus an offering. Yeah. You know, that even more so now it's I'm keenly aware like oh yeah if they don't give i don't get paid sure you know you know what i mean yeah i mean that's an extreme thought of that but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. We, we, we really need to continue to teach people remind people yeah. because the church is dependent on that correct yeah you know it's not that god's dependent on it but yeah, that's right. our act of worship he has blessed yeah. us in abundance we can at least give a little yeah. back and in reality if we want to see ministry happen we need to give it up yeah. to, to allow that to happen yeah. and as we do that you know, good things come. Yeah. Discipleship happens. Maturity happens. Joy comes because we've engaged the things of Christ because we not only understand who he is, but now we're actually doing what he what he did. You right. Know? And so right. those are the things that kind of uh, drive me as I think toward what am I going to preach on? How am I going to present yeah. that? Yeah. You know, always thinking toward what does the crowd need to hear about what scripture says that leads us to figure out how that really applies to us today. Yeah. So, yeah. So the next question is kind of a, a flip or inverse of that. What's like the week-to-week sermon prep? Like what's your, uh, do you have like a specific kind of like routine you go through? Is there anything like that? I don't know if I'd have a specific routine. You know, um, it takes a good three days for sure. Okay. You know, and to, to really flesh things out, you know, trying to understand the context of what's written for the hero of that day and age, you know, and trying to understand the passage well enough for that in order to understand how it can translate to us. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a specific rhyme or reason, but it's a good three, four days of being in the office and just being sequestered. Yeah. Reading, mulling over, you know, fleshing things out, um, how to say, what to say, why to say. Yeah. You know, uh, if I didn't have to make slides, that might make my life a little bit easier. Yeah. Way. But at the same time, that helps flesh that out and, and, and engage that process. And so, yeah, um, still one of those things that's still in process and, and being refined for myself, though, I think. So, 
Uh, I don't have these cool 10 steps on how to write your sermon in, in three hours. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have that. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've talked to so many people in this podcast, and it, it is a wide, you know, some people are very regimented, mm. and they have, like, on, on Tuesday, I do this, mm. and on Wednesday... I take what I've written and I send it to these people, you know, whatever, and they read it, or, you know, and, and they have all these other steps kind of evolved. And some people are, are more kind of open and loose and they kind of figure out, you know, it, however long it's going to take because that's the time it's going to take. And, you know, I think everyone has to approach that their own way, whatever kind of makes sense to their their mind. Because it is an interesting, you know, I, I've, I've never been a senior pastor, but I've, I always think it's a fascinating thing, like, to think through of basically every week I have a new thing I'm bringing but it's also not new. Right. Like there's that tension of like, I'm, I'm sharing a timeless truth that many people have spoken before and many people have heard before, but I'm also bringing something new to it. And that's a, that's a fascinating, uh, routine's probably not quite the right word, but practice, I think, you know, right. and the, right. the, the consistency. I, I'm always impressed whenever, I, I guess what I'm really trying to say is I'm, I'm impressed when I see people who can do that really well, mm. because that's a big, it's a big thing, you know? It is. I mean, I told somebody today, like, I pastor parents of my high school classmate. I pastor mm. the president of the Christian high school that I graduated from. Right. You know, I pastor learned people, people who have been followers of Christ, my, you know, more than my entire lifetime. Yeah. You know, and so when you, you say, when you present it in that way, you go, yeah, it's something they've already heard. How do I present it in a way that inspires them, encourages right. them? challenges them in the present when they've heard it however many times over yeah you know and so you know for any preacher i think the challenge is always being true to themselves mm. and being true to the word yeah you know the great thing that i heard at the pastor's conference last night preach jesus yeah and we've heard this our professors are preaching yeah share that preach jesus because he's the one who changes lives we don't right he's the one who impresses we don't right you know no matter what cool saying what cool story what cool uh you know gimmick yeah, yeah you know we getting use, a laugh or something it's yeah. jesus that changes and jesus that impacts it that still is the case today yeah you know and we have to be faithful to that and i think if we're faithful to that then it happens yeah and if we can bring people into the fold like you said i've got a guy at my church who he says ever thought about a preaching team i said well talk to me about that tell me what that looks like yeah the challenge for me is we're a small church still we're not ready to branch out in all of that because my day-to-day, week-to-week still includes a lot of admin stuff that yeah. if I could give up so I would have more time, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're just not there yet. Yeah. And may never be there, and I'm okay with that. But in the meantime, it's tucked away in the back of my mind like he's a resource. But what does that look like? You know sure, what I mean? Sure, yeah. I, again, year one of pastor, senior pastor, I'm like, yeah. I would love to, not there yet. Yeah. But to be aware that that's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, how, many people, that, yeah. how many people stop to even hear that, right. receive that, or not, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, it's, it, again, the routine and the practice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. It's a rhythm. It, it is, in a lot of ways, a rhythm kind of thing. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and I feel it. You know, I, being on the mainland for two weeks, I will not have preached. I will be out of rhythm. Right. And then I will have to get back into rhythm, yeah. you know? And so it yeah. is, it's like, hey, you didn't have to preach. How was it? Good, but I'm out of my rhythm. You right. know what I mean? And so that's the hard part. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, my last preaching question, um, maybe let's try to limit it to this. Let's try to limit it to this year, this past year of, if, if it works. Okay. 
What's the most difficult topic you've preached on this past year? I'll allow you to go from a different era if you've got a really good one, if you've got like a really tough topic you've preached on. Honestly, I don't know if I've preached on a hmm, tough topic. Yeah, I can't, nothing comes to my mind, but I'll, I'd also say this. If we're preaching God's word, everything to some degree is a tough topic. Yeah. Because there's always somebody sitting in the pew who's not doing it, not wanted to do it, because they either don't know Jesus or they're in rebellion. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I asked someone off mic one time that question. It was, uh, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and reveal who it was. It's Cameron Schweitzer. And that was kind of close to his answer. And I thought that was really insightful, but I've never been able to get him, you know, we've never been able to work out a, a time to do this thing or whatever. But it, that, I think that's very true. It's like there is something about every passage that is, of course, challenging right. and, and can be a tough topic for someone listening, yeah. something convicting. The bottom you know? line is none of us are Jesus. Yeah. We will never be perfect while we walk this earth. And yeah. so everything that we share out of God's word should challenge us to some degree. Yeah. Because we're not there. Yeah. Or we can do in a new way in light of what his word tells us. And so, yeah, unfortunately, I, I, don't, I don't have any uh, horror story uh, passage yeah. to, to share about. <laughs> not yet. Not, not <laughs> yet. Not yet. I mean, but we live in a day and age. I mean, where there are a number of things on the news, a number mm. of things in life that have taken place that we have to talk about. Yeah. You know, at this convention, we will talk about some of these things. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, whether that's theological or social, but again... We have to come back to what Jesus says, what his word says. I mean, yeah. and that's a cornerstone of who we are as Baptists. Yeah. You know, and so again, I think whatever we preach, there is always a part of that that will always, at minimum, should be challenging, not just the preacher, yeah, but also the hearer. So. Yeah. Now, you alluded to something earlier about, uh, I don't think you said the word gifting, but something about preaching. Do you feel like there's something in you that's kind of built for that? What would you say is like a role responsibility in ministry that's like a sweet spot for you and maybe one that's like a growing, a growing edge, something you're kind of working on? Yeah. Or maybe just something that doesn't come as naturally. I love to preach. Uh, my wife will say that I'm a good preacher. I think I have a lot of room to grow still. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of giftedness, things like administration, Mm. In, that's a lot of my experience. Having 12 years been the director of student services, you're a lot of admin-related yeah. type of things and leading in that sense. I think one of the, the roles that I'm having to uh, learn and want to get better at is in the, in the realm of uh, visitations and, and yeah. things like that. Like I, it's, my personality type is one that I like structure. I like office hours. I don't like surprises. Right, right. And I tell you, since we've crested into this new year, number of church members have passed in the last week. I was dropping into the hospital more times than I had hoped for. Right. You know, I understand the value of that. And in fact, you know, in, in ministry and in pastoral ministry, that can and probably does make the difference more than my preaching. And yeah, that has a, a big impact for sure. And that's something that I want to get better at. You know, how yeah. much is appropriate time? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. When is the right time to go? Yeah. Like, I went on my day, Fridays are generally my, my day off. Yeah. You know, it's Fridays and Saturdays. So needed to, made a hospital visit on, on the last week, Friday, before we left, just yeah. because I did not know if the gentleman was going to make it Wow. while we were here, while right. we were on the mainland on vacation. And right. so 
wanted to be sure I'd drop by, you know, just, just those kind of things. And it's not scheduled. It's not clean. It's, but it's, it's the parts of ministry that have to happen. It's relationship, it's people. And that's what this is about. Yeah. You know, it's what Jesus did. Yeah. You know, and so. It's tough. I mean, my, you know, my father-in-law, Daniel mm -hmm. Tamita, he's, Mm -hmm. um, he's been a pastor for a long time on uh, the big island in Hilo. And he, when I watch him in church, I haven't seen him do visitation, but I imagine he's good at it because he agree. when i he, i mean he's definitely gifted in pastoral care but when i see him talking to people at, at church after you know after the sermon people who want to come talk and you know everyone's kind of slowly working their way out he is very good at managing his time and like he he's not rushing from person to person no one feels shortchanged at all right, but he, right. he he has a he is a very good uh a very good he's very good at like connecting with someone briefly checking in on what you know what's going on with their, with their life what do they need help with whatever it is and then being able to to kindly move on to the next person so no one feels like oh i, I must have been taking up too much of pastor's right. time or right. something like that but i think everyone feels cared for you know by the end Definitely. of by the end of the service but when i watch him i'm like i that's amazing i don't know how he yeah. does it it's it's amazing you know i mean it, it requires so much of understanding self yeah. You know, boundaries. Yeah. You know, I think that's also part of getting your team to be able to assist you. Yeah. That's one of those things right now, like, I'm still getting to know people in my congregation. Yeah. I don't have enough connection and relationship to really know what's going on. So I really need my deacons or other ministry leaders right. to give right. me the handoff in yeah. order to, you know, yeah. complete the task at hand. Yeah. And so it, it is. It's, it's, there's no class that teaches you that at seminary. We yeah. talk about it. Right. But no, but how do you, yeah, we don't teach you that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, yeah. but yeah, I would say that's, that's an area in my ministry that I'm wanting to ramp up and to be more effective at because it's yeah. the part that really does make a difference. Yeah. Showing up. Yeah. You know, being present, you know, and then offering the care and, you know, comfort yeah. that you can. Yeah. So. Now feel free to take this as seriously or, or humorously as you'd like. Uh, can you give me a swing and a miss you've had in ministry? This doesn't have to be from the last year. We, we can expand this to the lifetime of Shane Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I got into pastoral ministry, we were in Northern California. I was the associate pastor of a small church. And I think the probably the biggest swing in the miss was kind of the headstrongness that I had mm. as the associate in the quote unquote righteous indignation <laughs> that I saw in something. Yeah. You know, and I'll say this, the Lord did a good thing out of it. Like I butted head with my senior pastor, um, you know, on a topic and it got heated. Mm. I, I had to go back. I mean, what should have been an hour long elders meeting. Yeah. It was an hour long elders meeting and a two hour, two hour long Shane and pastor meeting afterwards. Wow. You know, and I had to go back and apologize to the elders for my, for my mm. conduct and not like anything you yeah, know, yeah. mean spirited or no cuss words were said or anything. Right, right. But that's I did not join that staff to bring division. That was never my intention or goal. Right, right. And, and I'm there to support the senior pastor. And we had a disagreement. Yeah. And praise the Lord that in as a result of that, I mean, Russ Belmont is one of my closest friends. Mm. You know, he flew all the way out to Hawaii to see my installation service. Oh, really? You know, I mean, wow. he has been a friend for years. And because yeah. of, you know, that swing and a miss, we were better together as senior pastor and associate right, right. and as friends and partners in ministry yeah. and life. And yeah. so, you know, 
again, I, I think that's the challenge when we're young and we're new. We, you know, and I was, you know, working at the seminary, finishing up seminary, and I had all these ideas, and, and maybe I was right, but I did not join a staff, and I was not serving as an elder and as the associate to bring division at any yeah. point. Yeah. And, you know, and so um, that had, you know, that experience has stuck with me. Yeah. You know, and praise the Lord that it worked out for his glory and for our good. But, man, the heartache that happened in that moment, if it didn't have to happen, I probably would choose to avoid it if possible looking back. Right, right. So, but, uh, youngness. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're going to have an interesting answer to this question. Um, Because of your experience in the seminary world, in the Gateway Seminary world, I... I've tried. I've I've thought about this question a lot. So, what do you think is something that like a student has to learn in seminary? Like the, what's something that like if you leave seminary and you don't have this, you've kind of missed. You've missed something critical. I would say it's the soft people skills. Hmm. You know, like for myself, learning how to be more effective in visitation ministries or things like that. Hmm. Because here's the thing I can tell you about any of our seminaries. Gateway does it as well and, and does it well. We will teach you the Bible. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. You're going to be equipped. You're going to be resourced. You're going to know your Bible and where to go if you don't know the answer. Yeah. That's not all of ministry. Right. It doesn't matter if you're at a 50-person church, a 10-person church, or a 5,000-person church to some degree. If you cannot relate to people, if you cannot actually minister, understand the ministry of presence understand words matter. Yeah. You might have a very short-lived ministry because we work and minister to people. Right. Jesus did not only just talk and do miracles. Jesus did life with his disciples. Jesus went to where life was happening with people. Right. And that's a hard thing because academically speaking, how do you effectively teach people about visitation? Sure, how do yeah. you how do you help an individual work through their anger? Mm. How do you I mean, how do you help even seminarians work through their sin issues that are present while they're a seminarian? Sure, yeah. Before we put our stamp of approval with their diploma yeah. and release them to the ministry that God has for them or the ministry that they're currently in. Yeah. Again, we will teach the Bible things very effectively and very well, but that's only a portion of what ministry is about. Yeah. 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 Last question. All right. If you could, what advice would you give yourself as a, well, I think usually I say a first year pastor, but maybe what would you, what would you tell yourself when you were first getting started in ministry? I would say this, you need to find a mentor. And I don't say that because I had a great mentor. I never had somebody who directly, I shared a relationship where I directly called in my mentor. Hmm. Had lots of friends who were ahead of me in years and in maturity and in in ministry experience. But if you can, find a mentor. Hmm. Somebody who can be a confidant for you to listen. Somebody who can give you sage advice to assist. because I think it's the model of who we are as followers of Christ. There should always be a, an older believer above us. Yeah. And at the same time, um, I would say find a, a circle of peers. Mm. Ministry is a lonely place. 
mm. and you need peers. One of the advantages of coming back home to Hawaii is that this, the, there are a lot of pastors who are already new because I grew up with them. And so I'm not, I didn't right. move to a new place where I had to establish myself and be known. I came home and hit the ground running. Yeah. And there are pastors that I can turn to and have turned to. And then the final thing that I would say is have somebody under you. Yeah. Who you're training up, discipling, pouring into. Yeah. Because that's it's ministry. Ki- it's kind of all sides. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that may seem like a lot as a, as a, as a new pastor or a fresh pastor just starting out. But I think, again, as we talked about with preaching, if you can establish good rhythms, yeah. they will stay with you for a lifetime and it will bring impact to not just your life, yeah. but to others around you. And that's what we set out to do as pastors, to yeah. impact lives. Yeah. You know, and so um, if you can establish those good rhythms, it's a form of discipleship, it's a form of worship, it's a form of partnership. Yeah. It's all the good things of yeah. what ministry can be like. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. That's perfect. All right. You Shane. can have that for $2. $2. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, Shane. That was really good. Thank you for the opportunity.